What is going on, everybody? Welcome to a, another episode of Mellow Mondays. Today, we are doing a little interview with Courtney Hall. Hi. <laughs> Say hello. Hello. How are you? Very good. Good? Happy to see you, really, it's, honestly. It's good to see you, I know. So, me and Courtney used to work together when I lived in Kansas City. Yeah. How long have you been working in production in KC? Um, for the company that we worked for together, almost two and a half years. Was it two and a half years? Yeah. I'm trying to think. So we met at a, at theater in the park. Do you, you remember, remember right? So I, okay. I, I sort of remember that. That was my first union gig that I had when I was a stagehand and you helped, like you taught me how to tie in the theater. Yeah. <laughs> so there's this. There's this cable we use in the production industry called feeder cable, and so it's like all your power. It's not super intense, but you can kill yourself doing it if you're not being smart. And so Courtney was doing a union gig on the call, and I apparently, like, I don't, I remember the interaction a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. And then... It was, it took like a year before I realized, like, I was like, oh my God, that was Austin. Yeah. Because you started, I'm just going to say the company name because I can't. Okay. So we worked for a company called Harvest. We were originally not going to say the name because I've been trying (laughs) to keep names out of it, but like... It's almost impossible not to say it. I was literally like in that whole two minute spiel we just did. I'm like, I have to say the name (laughs) Harvest. So I was literally like, one day she's like, wait, that was you. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's technically how we officially met. Yeah. Which is funny. But then, like, I remember the first, my first, that was actually, too, my first gig with Harvest after working oh, the, officially the for Harvest. Oh, the Union Station gig? Or? Yeah, it was the Union Station gig. I'm trying to think what show that was. That was, it was like a volleyball tournament in the Grand Room. Oh. And we almost burned up the place, I guess. That, so, that was my first, like, literally, like, <laughs> that was so much fun for me because it was just a shit show from the beginning. Because we had to rerun the feeder like eight times. And for those of you who don't know, feeder is not a small cable. No, and we're running we're <laughs> running four aught. So we're yeah. running it's like the thickest feeder cable you're gonna run in production. Mm-hmm. In an if, if you guys know Three Kansas City at all. Yeah, Union yeah. Station. So power's in the basement. I mean, and we couldn't start loading in until like eight or nine PM. And oh so I had God. already worked a full day at the shop. Yeah. I picked that shift up from from Eric that was and so they kind said <laughs> yeah they said oh it'll be a really easy day like you're just gonna load in that's like, what they always say though and it's never an easy day. oh I remember Eric ended up coming out at the, like at like 1 a.m to like meet with the client oh we left at like I mean I left at like four or five in the morning it was crazy it was but I literally and I was because I was listening to your podcast that you put out today which was the living the dream yeah and how you're talking about how you like had a really long day and you were just like in your bunk and you were just like smiling. Right. I literally left that gig. And I'm audio, like, but I was like right. helping with all of your lampy stuff. Yeah. And uh, I literally left that gig thinking like, wow, I got paid for doing what I did today. Like, I loved it. That's awesome. Because yeah. <laughs> I, I, I did not leave. I did not leave that day. I could that tell way. you did not. I don't I think anyone pissed. did. <laughs> well, I think it was, I was the only one. It was a frustrating day because the problems we were having weren't our fault. Like no, it, it not was at the all. venue, and mm-hmm. the venue told us one thing, and it ended up being another thing. And so, like then, literally all that work we did, we had to redo like the next day. We I remember because they like getting a call and being like, "Hey, when you can when can you be at Union Station?" Yeah, because we had to take it from those three flights of stairs all the way around the back to a generator and down another flight of stairs to a Jenny. Yeah. Well, and we. We were all on another show loading it oh as well. Oh my god, yeah. Like there was a lot that happened in these past couple of days and that 
is really like the reality of production and also that just shows like the idea of like yeah if you listen to today's episode living the dream yeah like you really i tell people this all the time when they like ask about what i do or how i got into it or why i'm okay with sometimes working 80 hours a week and right. something like that i always tell them those it's just like you either really love it or you don't and you don't stick around like the people that are in it for the long haul are the ones that really love it it's i mean it's an addiction to some extent like people i'll take that yeah absolutely. people in production like there are times where you're in production and you hate it but like you can't imagine yourself doing you anything stop. else yeah. yeah no it's and it's been like this since i was like 18 too i was gonna say how did you get into production um so right out of high school i moved to iowa to quad cities and i worked at a music venue as a barista downtown and they let me run sound for their open mic nights every Wednesday. And that's kind of like how I learned about sound. And then I went to K-State, dropped out of K-State, what? Because I worked at um, their, like, roadhouse that they have there. Kind of like, kind of yeah. a little bit how you got started. Like, I started working at the theater there. Right. And I realized, I was like, wow, like, that's what I want to do. And at that point, being 19 years old, I thought like, oh, like being a stagehand, like that's what I want to do. Like, I'll just go do that. Right. So I quit school. I went to cosmetology school. I'm actually licensed, but that was just kind of. Really? Yeah. That, yeah. Did, my license I, is right there. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like I, I did that um, kind of just like, so I have something to fall back on. But right. the whole time that I was doing that, I was working at the theater. I was driving to Lawrence and I was working at their theater as well at KU and I was driving to Kansas City to work for a state champ. I was doing all the shows at Sandstone. Yeah. All that. And uh, that that and making coffee was like how I made ends meet for a really long time. And then eventually I was like, okay, I got to move to Kansas City because that's where the gigs are. And then I worked for a state champion company in KC. And then I started working for the union. And then like I knew I wanted to work for Harvest Productions from like – before I even moved to Kansas City, I knew I wanted to work for Harvest because I saw you guys at K-State and I knew you guys were like a family. Yeah. And then, yeah, so I I've, have, I've been so happy ever since I That's got my awesome. job at Harvest. <laughs> yeah, because you're from Oklahoma, right? Mm -hmm. As you can see around my apartment, there's multiple Oklahoma things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A lot of people don't think of Kansas City as a big production town, but it... There's quite a bit of work for production. I I don't think it's a big production town per se. I think that there's like the, it's kind of, maybe I'm wrong, but monopolized by the same like two, three companies. No, you, you you're know? definitely not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like it's either like you're working at a harvest venue or the other company's venue or, you know, 100%. every now and then you might see this other company or this small company or the, you know what I mean? But like, I don't, I, I think that there is a lot of work if you know where to go and you know the right people and yeah. you're cool, like cool enough. I mean, you're chill enough where people like you for you sure. Know what I mean, cause it's definitely like, if you're not somebody who can like, just like chill and be friends and be family. Cause that's all we are. Cause we spend all this time together. You have to be a family right. that, yeah, that well, you don't really stick around. <laughs> well, and that's the thing too. Like I, I mean, I tour now, obviously I'm in Nashville, but, I think something that I continually think back on is just the, f like, I, I mean, I've toured with a lot of people mm -hmm. and 
the people I tour with are awesome, but like there's something about the homies from Harvest, know, you know what I mean? Like, I know. It's a special crew and it yeah. it doesn't make sense in a lot of ways. I honestly like never I don't see myself leaving Harvest yeah. for at least like a really long time. Like I don't know personally if I'll ever grow out of it or if I do or whatever my future is, but like this is my family. This is who I spend Thanksgiving with. This is who I like Easter, like all of like my whole, I don't know, my whole year is wrapped around and like all the big events are wrapped around like, well, do I have a gig? Like, do I have a show with Harvest that day or whatever? And I never like since working at Harvest and kind of missing the family things, like, of course I miss my family. I love them. Sure. You know, but like I've never felt alone hmm. since becoming like family with those yeah. people. And that's good because it. I think the production industry can be so isolating. It's just, I mean, you're expected to miss holidays. Like you have to work, Mm -hmm. and that's just that's just the reality. And it's hard because, like, I I didn't realize because when I was a stagehand, I had an insane amount of freedom. Like the stagehand life is, you get paid a lot for a little amount of gigs. So like, I was able to make enough money to cover all my overhead and then make some so I could go home every weekend and all this stuff. And then, but that was never like, I I realized really early on, like that wasn't my end game. Like I didn't want to be a stagehand. I wanted to be like a technician or an engineer or whatever. And so when I realized that and I got into harvest, like I knew that my family, and I think they understand more now than they did, but I knew that it would be a hard thing to kind of like, get them to understand that. But luckily enough, I'm from a military family, so right. they kind of were able to calibrate to that pretty quickly. Your family's still in Oklahoma? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, my, actually, it's really funny. They, my sister and her husband had a baby and they ended up moving from Stillwater back to our family farm into my parents' guest house. So they literally all live on the hall farm. The same spot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's it like? Uh, so did you grow up on a farm then? Well, we grew up like, everywhere um because we moved like i've lived in alaska and louisiana and iowa and kansas and oklahoma and texas and like all the places um but our home was always the farm with the cows and the you know all that stuff so i like to say that i grew up on the farm however like we did spend three years in alaska and we did spend four years at fort riley or this or that, but that was always like our home. And I did for a stint in high school, move in with my grandparents and lived on the farm for a long time. And like, I loved living on the farm and like, I love like cows and like, I don't know if you can tell by the art in my apartment. Like I, I (laughs) I'm looking at a big uh, painting of a cow right now. (laughs) Yeah. I love cows. They're the cutest ever. So you're, Harvest new uh, new truck trainer officially. I know it's I I called you the other day you with did a truck call question. Me. I have never worked so hard on anything in my life. <laughs> I literally like some nights I'll just get out the truck manual that the the state of Missouri gives to you and just like read through it because something about like truck training just like means so much. I don't know why. No. I hate driving the trucks. I don't love that I have a CDL. However, <laughs> I do love being the truck trainer. I've officially lost my CDL. I kn- you I told me that last time I we talked on the phone. It. That was, I was really happy for you. 
it's <laughs> honestly that. it's uh it's kind of freeing so for those of you who don't know when you work for a company you to drive a commercial vehicle you have to have a cdl um harvest drives 26 foot box trucks mm-hmm. but the especially so like because we're right on the kansas missouri line you have some people who take the test in Missouri, some people in Kansas. So the Missouri test, driving test, is way harder than the Kansas test. So there's someone at Harvest, which is now Courtney. It used who, to be you. <laughs> it, used, it used to be me charged with training all the new drivers because you have to go through this whole pre-trip exam that's pretty tricky. And a lot, I mean, I failed my first time. And so I thought I, I was a good truck trainer. <laughs> and then I look at your sto- Instagram stories now and think, man, I was trash. Oh, no, I think that I, like... It's because of you <laughs> that I'm so good because I took like your first PowerPoint that you made and I made that into a more detailed PowerPoint and then I made like a practice test and I made like all this stuff from yeah, it. Yeah, like, but it's like I I honestly probably wouldn't be as good if you didn't make that initial I don't, PowerPoint. I don't know about that. She's out there with I see like a megaphone. You've got a megaphone <laughs> and, a and whistle. tones. Yeah, <laughs> like you're doing like legit training. I was literally out there like we're out there and it's like everybody's like you good? And I'm like yeah, I think we're good. And then we just roll out like I love that. Well, between you and me, it was Eric. And yeah. the, the reason, like, I literally just took it from him. I took truck training because I knew he didn't want to be, do it ever. And, like, he didn't complain, but you could tell that homeboy did not want to be there at truck training. I doubt you wanted to be there either. It's, I, I enjoyed it. Like, because it, it was, I think I think what I hear you saying is that it was something that was mine. Like, exactly. to some extent. Yeah, no, and, like, when I, pretty much with force, I took it from Eric. Like, and because I wanted something, like... I know at Harvest, I'm not going to be the best audio engineer. And I'm okay with that. Like, I honestly, like, what I want to be at my job is just, like, good at everything. You know, like, be able to be the L, the, the L2 or the A2 or the rigging or the whatever they need type of thing. Well, still, like, I mean, I've been a winning shows. Right. Since I've been back in production. But I, um, what I really want was, like, something that could be mine and that's what I did and I took it and I really am trying to go like above and beyond and I love doing it too like the like the fact that I can yell in a megaphone if you hit my cones you're dead to me is honestly my favorite thing ever (laughs) well it's it's that whole thing of like man I'm getting paid to do this like it it doesn't seem Mm -hmm. real some days yeah and I I don't know if you felt like it's exciting when someone you trained gets honestly dude I um reward myself when I have I call it a perfect game like when perfect everybody game. goes and they test and they all pass the same day like I've had a couple people fail their first and but then they pass a second but for the most part my record is like really good at people passing oh, I'm sure try. it's better than mine 100% <laughs> I think that it just like it just had to grow you know like whatever it just... <laughs> it's all right you can, you can be better at me than truck training okay I'll take I'll it. <laughs> but that's that's that whole thing of like yeah, this concept of living the dream, like these mundane tasks that like no one else at Harvest wants to do truck training. Like honestly, like yeah, it, no, it kind of sucks. I didn't want to do it at first. It's either really cold or really hot. Oh yeah, like it's never. Yeah, it's never it's just a perfect outside. day. Yeah, yeah. it's. <laughs> but I love doing it, and I, you know, like I knew when I was in truck training that I wanted to do it because That's it was cool. something that like I didn't get for like the first week, and then like all of a sudden like everything clicked. And yeah. the fact that I could, like, make it click in somebody else's mind 
meant a lot to me. And then I'm now I'm able to do that and it means a lot. So Well, not a lot of people want to teach and that's I think that's mm-hmm. okay. Like I, I totally understand that. Like yeah. especially you work so many hours and you're tired and like the last thing you want to do is Oh yeah, no, there's definitely been some days where I worked like on this show for one, what felt like 1 million hours. Right. And then the next day I get a text like, Hey, can you come do truck training? And I'm not going to say no because, well, first of all, this is another thing about living the dream. A lot of my days off, I end up going into work really because I just, I get bored here and I love, I love my job so much. It's, <clears throat> it's a brotherhood in a I'm lot of ways. I mean, I think you, uh, I would say, by the way, this episode is not <laughs> not sponsored by PBR, but, but if... Please sponsor us, PBR. Yeah, PBR, <laughs> if you are somehow listening to this, if any of you have a PBR hookup... Honestly, I got the logo tattooed on my body. I was... I see that. That's that's how much I want PBR to sponsor my life. Like, I kind of want that. Let's go. It looks dope. <laughs> it's my favorite tattoo. <laughs> my dad was hating on me the other day for drinking PBR. I honestly... I love PBR. I, I really do. I don't know do. why people hate on it so much. It's just, it won it's the a blue light women. lager. It's, it's a good beer. Yeah. It's a good beer. People, here's the thing. I live in Nashville, though, where it's actually trendy and accepted to drink PBR. It's not like that here because we're home of all the craft breweries in the world, yeah. I guess. And, and, I mean, here's the thing. I have I have Boulevard logo tattooed on my shin. Like, I which love, looks so good, by yeah, the way. It, dude it, killed it. Honestly. But so it's like, I like Boulevard. I'll drink the wheat and the pale ale all day. Yeah. I went to the brewery twice last week. Yeah. You know? But I like PBR. Exactly. Yeah, no, it's, this is not, honestly, you can get a tall boy of this for four bucks yesterday on St. Patrick's Day. That's crazy. Where they were upcharging the shits out of people. Sorry, can I cuss on your You can do whatever you want. (laughs) This is, this is about you being you. I'm not worried about anybody else. Like the day where they upcharge people on beer. They were still charging like four bucks for yeah. like a twenty-four ouncer. Oh, you're doing like a big boy. Yeah, a big boy of PBR. I, so. th- I think the last twenty-four I had. There's a there's a bar called Winners in Nashville, and uh, they have twenty-four Cowboys. Oh, and you love but they're it. like, I think they're like six bucks, four bucks there. I, I mean, I'll still buy it. You know, I mean, it's still it's, cheaper than it's exactly. Yeah, no. I mean, that's two beers for even if it's six bucks, that's a beer for three bucks a piece. Yeah, right? like. And it gets the job done, and it tastes good going down. Yeah. And I've my body at least has acclimated enough to it where I can like drink all the PBRs and not get a hangover the next day. <laughs> <laughs> you're good. You're good I'm, to go. I think that like since that's another thing since working at Harvest, like I've become so good at drinking beer. I'm pretty sure I can now drink. I'm saying this, but they'll all make I mean, fun of me once they hear it. Let's hear it. <laughs> pretty sure I can now drink when it comes to beer. Most of the boys. Mean, but it's because we're all doing shots. Well, they're all doing shots in between, but I just stick to my... If you just stick to beer, you're good. It's Anytime you add shots, nothing we, ever good happens. But we always do, because after we get back to the shop and we dump a truck, we always say, beer and a shot. And then we go get beers and a shot. And the next morning I wake up, and I'm like, shit, who made me do shots last <laughs> <Whoa>. night? <laughs> why, why did I do that? Exactly. Oh, wait. I was oh, with the it's homies. It's tradition. Yeah. And that's... I think what I'm hearing is like this. So production is pretty all-encompassing. I mean, it, it, it really does dominate a lot of your life. And it does, yeah. It becomes your friend group. It, I mean, it, it just the people you see all the time. It's your family. Well, I don't know if you know this, but I went to the install part of Harvest. I knew that. I didn't months. know. I heard you had come back to production. Yeah, like a month ago. It's. I think it's been a month now. Officially, like, everyone's known for two weeks, but it's been a month now. Right. Um. 
yeah, I just, they just kind of gave me an offer that I couldn't refuse as far as like, I just want to be full. I'm still part-time and I, I just you. really wanted to be full-time. Yeah. And I did that and it just like wasn't a fit. Like it wasn't what I wanted to do. It wasn't the reason I like came to Kansas City and it wasn't the reason why I started working at Harvest. So luckily they let me come back and now I'm good again. I'm back with my family and I'm feeling yeah. so much better. Like I loved, I <clears throat> mean, I have no complaints about the people that works that worked in the install um, they were really awesome and really fun too. But at the end of the day, like, it's just not the same. You can't go have a beer with, you know, yeah. all these old <laughs> white dudes that have families at home. You know what I mean? Like, right. it's so different. Yeah. Well, it's just, there's a culture and there's a, a, yeah, it's a brotherhood of harvest and especially like the production crew. And yeah. it's, I still feel a part of that. And I've been gone from harvest for oh two my God, years. No, people love you and talk about you still all the yeah. time. And like, we like, like I, when I was texting you the other day, I was like, okay, we got to get all the boys together and like right. try to get something before you leave. Because honestly, like those are the high points of our life. Like all the people that have left harvest that we are still able to like have that family connection to and all this stuff. Right. That's like really what matters, especially for me, because I moved every three years, two to three years of my life. So like the fact that I can still have like a family with people now type of thing. Cause I don't have yeah. those child. I have like maybe two childhood friends. Right. So all y'all are like my, you're, you're very close to me. Well, no, and that's good. And so I think that a lot of people struggle to find that. And it's, it's cool to hear you saying like, you're feeling that. I mean, I think you love your job and you're, mm-hmm. I mean like off days, like, Oh, I'm just going to go stop by the shop or whatever and figure it out. But yeah. also you're, I think finding a healthy balance of like, you're doing a lot of other stuff outside of production now. Mm-hmm. You're yeah. into the music scene. Which is really weird. <laughs> why, is, why is it weird? Well, I I don't know. Like, I, I think it's, like, getting a lot more attention than I ever thought that it would. And yeah. the fact that, like, it's, like, I have, like, a single out on Spotify and I'm going to be doing, like, a full album, at, like, soon, you know. And music, like, I just met with some people to talk about music videos concepts and stuff so we have like a full concept Mm. for my single bottom shelf and then we have a full concept for a song that i just have a demo of right now right and like so all the stuff is like in the works and i'm playing music festivals next fall and really yeah and that's sick it's really sick yeah (laughs) it's it's you're not one to brag about yourself no i don't know how like (laughs) i i think i can tell like you all can't see but like you're stoked on it. I'm really excited. That's awesome. I you should be. Yeah. I just, I don't know. Like, it, I'm really, really excited. Well, because this is something I've wanted to do my entire life. But I always kind of like, especially since moving to Kansas City, I kind of kept it under wraps. Mostly just because like, I didn't really know like how to go about it and all this stuff. And then I went to an open mic night and I sang an original song that it was now like played on the radio a couple weeks ago. Like, and from that first time that I played it in front of people up to it being on the radio, like the support and the positive feedback that I've gotten from my music, like I don't get it. Like I don't, I, I don't know why people like my songs so much. Cause yeah. I call them cry songs. Like most of them, like bottom shelf isn't, necessarily a cry song but like most of my other songs i just feel are about like me having my heart broken at some point but it's also relatable i guess but it's just 
Yeah. Really crazy. That's so, so who were your like influences in music? In music? Yeah. Um, probably my biggest influence is the band Blue October. Do you know that band? I don't. Um, I, they're like the first band in like the seventh grade. I convinced my dad to like, I bought the tickets. I worked, I did chores and I was like, can we, we were living in Louisiana and we went to Texas to go see them. And I just, it was when they, they have that song called hate me. Do you remember that from like 2007? I'm hey sure. Today, hey I'm sure I know it. If yeah. I to it. <laughs> but, um, that was like when that foiled album came out and I like really discovered them and I just like really fell in love with their music and how uh the lead singer he writes all the songs like how he could just like put his whole heart and soul and like if you listen to their entire discography (laughs) which I won't run down for you right now but if you listen to it like you can really see like a journey through like who he has been through like depression and uh having a family and losing a part of his family and like coming back through and having a like being able to make everything work out for him in the end. And I really enjoy that. And I love that. And so I really want my music to be able to portray like a journey of like, it's okay to feel really bad at some point Yeah, because we all feel bad. Like whether it's being heartbroken, like my songs are about, or whether it's about like losing somebody in your family or whatever it is, like that blue October made me know that it's okay to like feel these feelings and say them out loud. Hmm. And also Pink Floyd was yeah. a huge, hey. <laughs> huge for me growing up. Cause my dad and I used to listen to specifically the final cut. I don't know if you know that I album do. or not yeah. that I have it twice on vinyl over there because like, I love the final cut. I live and I die for it. I could put it in my CD player or on my record player and it will never leave. And I will only listen to that for months because that and it's also kind of like military base, which was my life growing hmm. up, and so like yeah, Pink Floyd, Blue October, biggest inspirations. Okay, for sure. <laughs> I mean, it seems like you're drawn to that realness of music. I think that that's what like music is really truly about. Yeah, for me at least, and I think a lot of people agree because a lot of it, you know, is some people are able to write books or create films or whatever. For me, what I relate to is music and what people have to say through the music. And Hmm. like I was telling you, I was watching that TV show earlier and I was like, just about to cry. Like what people have to say through different forms of art, like really gets, gets me good. Well, and we live in such a society today that is not real and not authentic not at all i can tell you right now like my instagram and my instagram stories or my facebook like i definitely try to make it look like i'm very good (laughs) all the time i mean we all do not real yeah we all do but at the end of the day i also like i also try to put out into the world like hey you know what i'm also human i yeah you know we're nothing nothing yeah no i think when i like realize like nothing is really real anymore it's not and and i get that like i'm i mean obviously starting this podcast it's like it's it's not really music but starting this creative Mm -hmm. you know form or whatever and like realizing like how often i'm like trying to get one either get views or like 
it's you portray yourself yeah. like my life is awesome i'm on tour and all this stuff like man like some days are some shitty days suck they but do. yeah yeah absolutely and that's that's good mm-hmm. like that's life and the reality is is everyone else in the world also feels that way I, yeah absolutely but i think i i feel that passion with you like i understand that that like your music means something to you and i think the realness and authenticity is why it's doing well like people are taking notice people want to listen to your stuff because yeah. like it's so. not just <laughs> another song you know what i mean like yeah. it's relatable yeah that's kind of like where i want it to be i mean i i don't know like how much of my music you've heard or not but like there are some songs where, like, I straight up write about very, very, in very huge detail of, like, one event that happened. Mm. And I know everybody knows, like, who it's about. And I know that everybody knows, like, what the situation is or whatever. (laughs) But it kind of, like, honestly, like, all my songs for me are just a conversation piece of, like, I know you're not going to listen to me talk, so, like... I'm going to write this song and then you're going to be forced to listen for right. three to five minutes about what I have to say or whatever. And it's just, it's crazy to me when people come up and they're like, I heard Bobby's bed and I know exactly what you're talking about. When I wrote that about me literally laying on the floor of my apartment, looking out a window, being so sad about something stupid that happened, you know, and like writing about something that like was so real and then other people being like, I've been in your shoes. Like I know yeah. that's like, it's healing for me. It makes me feel better. Like I'm not so weird. Yeah. So. Because that's, <laughs> that's the fear, right? Is like, we're alone. Mm. I mean, yeah, no, that's exactly like what it's all about. And I, that's why I have always loved music so much and like hearing what other people have to say because it doesn't make me feel yeah as alone. Like, Oh, you're sad too. <laughs> cool. <Dope>. Sweet. <laughs> We can be sad together. <laughs> and that's, uh, yeah, that's the heart of this podcast. And so it's it's cool to hear you say that. Like, that's refreshing. Because I kind of live in this world right now that is very much like, I don't want to say fake, but it's like easy to, yeah, portray myself or my life in a certain way. Mm-hmm. When it's like the reality is, it's like 2018 kind of sucked. Yeah. And 2019, like, it's, I have these new goals, but it's... Exactly. I, I think the core is like, my biggest goal is... Forget what people care. Like, or I'm sorry, forget what people think about you. Like, mm-hmm. I don't care. Like, I, I do care, but like, I want to be at a place where it's like, I don't care if you like this song or not. I don't care if you like this podcast or not. Exactly. I want to do it and I'm going to do it. I wrote this song that I played. I had a gig on Friday and I played it when I introduced it. I was like, no one's ever told me they like this song, but I know I like it, so I'm going to play it for you. <laughs> like, where was your show at? Um, it was at a record store called Records with Merit. Okay. And um, it was really small, like a super small record store, really intimate. I loved it. Like the PA wasn't working, so we just did it all like Acoustic. acoustically. <laughs> I bought two Taylor Swift albums while I was there. It was very good. Hey. Like <laughs> I, yeah, no, I really loved, I love super intimate gigs like that. They're my favorite. Those are always fun, especially to attend. Like I've, mm-hmm. even for me, I've toured in arenas and small club shows. Yeah. Club shows are always more fun. They really are. The crowd is so much more accessible. Do you know what my favorite show I ever played was? So I was sitting in this very apartment, and all of a sudden I got a text message from um, somebody who used to work with the other other production company in Kansas City that I knew from being a (laughs) stagehand. 
and he's a rapper and he texted me actually honestly shiloh go follow shiloh he's fun shout out <laughs> but he texted me and he was like hey like one of the people who's gonna play at my like ep or record release tonight um canceled can you come and play it and he's like a rapper and it's like r&b music and black creatures were playing which i don't know if you know them but you should also look them up they're amazing um and i was thinking i was like i play I, first of all it's like tomorrow and also i played cry songs on a ukulele and maybe a guitar every now and then <laughs> and i told him i was like are you sure that my genre of music will work with what your people are expecting he's like yeah no i don't care just come like play like it's gonna be fun and so I said yes, and all these people came out for a rap show, and I got up on stage with my tiny ukulele, and I played my little heart out, and I told them straight, I was like, I know you're not here for me, I know that this isn't what you were expecting tonight, but like, if you like my stories and you like what I have to hear, like, just stay tuned and, you know, whatever the most, like, the best show I ever played. That's awesome. Like, all these people came out to hear something completely different and they stuck around they made eye contact with me and they like stood close to the stage and they listened because most of the shows I play people like usually like sit at tables or whatever but like it was a completely different dynamic and it was so much fun that's awesome I, yeah no I would I would love to if you're a rapper in Kansas City and you want me to open <laughs> it was but it was so unexpected and so cool and it's a special moment it was really crazy is yeah but you're a part of i don't know so you do you work at a do you work at the coffee shop anymore or do you just um not at colony is that is it colony yeah, i was colony. like i couldn't remember that yeah, you're fine uh no it's literally out the back door from here i was gonna say you're yeah, close you're very close um i'm just really good friends like those people there that work there have become family to me too right. and i kind of got my musical start there too because every monday they have an open mic night there and that was the first time I played an original song and you know all that jazz and that's the that community is the reason why I started recording my music and putting it out there and this whole process even started was because of the support from the people that hmm. I met there where do you record your stuff now um with my pal Alex Garnett he um, has his own studio, just like a couple gotcha. blocks from here. Nice. Yeah, he's really awesome. Really nice. Really quiet. I like him a lot. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> well, and it's, <clears throat> I don't know, songwriting seems so daunting to me. I'm not musical at all. So it is like, very daunting. Yeah. When did you start writing your own music? Um, I started like, I remember writing like really shitty music when I was like a kid type of thing because I always wanted to be a songwriter um, and never like actually... I don't even think I showed my parents half the music or at any of the music that I used to write as a kid and like writing poems. And I went through a stint where I was like writing plays and all this stuff. Um, and then like, I don't know, it had to have been like three years ago when I was like really serious. Like I want to really start actually writing music. And I wrote my first song, which is bottom shelf, like fully wrote and performed. Um, like it's been, Oh, about a year and a half. Okay. So, so. not as long. Like, it, I always wanted to do it, and then it was like a year and a half ago. Pretty recent. I finally started doing it, yeah. You went for it. I did, and it's been pretty cool since, which is still, That's awesome. I keep saying it's surprising, but it's really surprising that people Well, like we, <laughs> we were talking about that off mic. Like, it's, 
I think it's easy for us to say we're going to do something, but Mm -hmm. then to like actually set out and do it and it's so it takes so much courage i think that that's what it is because what it is is an art just like the same with this podcast like it's your art and it's what you want it to be and like it's for me it was very like especially like all of these songs that i've been writing most of them that will be on my album um were so close to home and close to work and close to my family and all the stuff that I was really nervous to write them and it's and to sing them to people and for the person I'm writing them about to hear and like all this stuff but at the end of the day like it's been high reward high risk high reward yeah because I mean you're you're saying like you're putting yourself out there especially if you're gonna record like real authentic music you're saying okay this is who I am this is what I've been through Mm -hmm. if you don't like it Sorry. (laughs) Well, it's like, that's kind of that rejection. Oh, yeah, no. You know, like, it's like, oh, if you don't like what I'm putting out, well, Mm -hmm. then you don't like me. And to some extent. Because it is me. Yeah, no, that's, you're exactly right. It is. That's cool that you got over that barrier. It's really scary. It's terrifying. I remember, like, the first time that I played Bottom Shelf at Rhino, the leading up to it, like, I called my friend. I was like, hey, I wrote a song, and I think I want to, like, play it for people and i made her come over and listen to me play it like at least 12 times (laughs) (laughs) like and every time i'd be like do you like like does this actually sound good yes or no you know and because i was so scared because like bottom shelf is about me feeling like i'm a shit person to myself and people and it's easy for other people to be shitty to me that's what like the song is about at the end of the day and how I deserve more than that and all this stuff. But like, that's a, also a very vulnerable thing to like get up on a stage in front of people to say is like, Hey, like I know that I need to be better to myself, but also you need to be better to me, you hmm. know? And it's, it was really, really scary to do. And it's still kind of scary. Like I remember like when I, released it on spotify that day i was like okay it's out there people are gonna hear that my family's gonna hear it my grandma my all this stuff and you know right. like there's a lyric lyric in it where i say i gotta stop going to work hungover like and all this stuff and like i'm afraid of like what people are gonna like s- say to me and judge me for like yeah because that is the honestly the most honest lyric honest lyric i've ever written because i do have to i still a year and a half later i still have to stop going to work hungover yeah. but like I'm still working on myself and like, that's kind of like what it's about. I think uh, I've been, I was reflecting on that today. Just this concept of does my life reflect what I want it to? And Mm -hmm. I think in a lot of ways the answer was no. And I think it's easy to be like, well, it it needs to be, I need to be changed right now. That's not how it, it's a process. It really is. Like, I think I was, saying something to my sister a while ago is like think of who you were like three years ago and who you are now like you know how and like she's changed in different she's a mom now and she's married and she's all this stuff for me (laughs) single forever um three years ago I think like I was so selfish and I was so Hmm. like I never really thought about what anybody else cared about like themselves or anything like and now like 
I like to think that I'm more of a selfless person and all this stuff. And, but at the same time, like I'm, I'm still working on that as well. Yeah. All this stuff. It's, I, I like to think that I'm doing fine all the time, but I know that I'm not, you know? No. And I, and I think the reality is we're all in that boat. Dude. Yeah. But, but that's a hindrance in Korea. I think when you want to release something that's like, you're trying, you're showing a part of yourself. Mm -hmm. It is that fear, especially from family of like, this is where I'm at, but like, this isn't necessarily where I want to be. This goes back to, there's this, um, this blocktober album called argument with the tree. And it's pretty much just like a live album of their songs in one of the songs before he explains, he was like, this was my biggest confession to my mother, my first and biggest confession. And it was this song that he wrote. Hmm. And that has stuck with me ever since I've heard. And I probably heard that the first time when I was like 12, 13 years old. And that's every like song I write is a conversation piece and a confession. Like Hmm. it is, this is how I'm feeling right now. And it's, really deep and it's like I don't want to feel this way or I do want to feel this way or like please feel free to accept like try to accept me for the way that I feel right now Hmm. so that's awesome though you've had a song on the radio officially it's crazy it's really weird I didn't get to hear it because I didn't have the station but I saw your (laughs) Instagram story I was like dang she's on 96.5 right now i know that's the the local alternative station in kansas Mm -hmm. city 96.5 the buzz yeah how'd that feel honestly okay so that whole week i was like sick like in the er sick really and so i was like sitting on this couch like by myself and it was like i had like my whole face was like swollen from how sick i was so i like put an instagram story of me like covering my face up but i was like trying not to cry like in like telling people like hey this is what's happening right now like because i remember like telling all my friends when i was in high school like yeah you're gonna hear me on the radio one day you'll you'll hear me you'll hear my my music me singing all this stuff and like it's really cool to be able to be like yeah like i hey guess what i did it (laughs) i was on the radio like maybe it was only one time and maybe it will never happen again i don't know but i was on the radio and it was really weird. And I hope people liked it. I know a lot of people tuned in. It was really funny because I told my friend Jess and then I told like my group of friends that I have like in a group message and I told my family. But then all of a sudden all these texts started to come in from people who I didn't tell at all. And they're like, turn on the buzz right now. Or, oh my God, you're on the radio or like all this stuff. And like, first of all, it was crazy that so many people were listening to the radio at that time, <laughs> number one. And then... Two, that they, like, heard my name and then heard my song. Like, all these, like, this came flooding in. It was, like, really surreal and, like, crazy. Well, it's it's a goal achieved. It really is. And I don't, like, I've achieved a lot of my, like, a lot of goals in my life. Because one, like I said, was working for Harvest Productions. Boom, done that. But now it's, like, what's my next goal at Harvest? You know, and all that stuff. And, like, now with my music, like, I never thought it would go that far. So now that I'm at a point where like, oh, f- fuck, I'm on the, like, I was on the radio, like. What do I do What now? do I do now? Like, now, okay, now I have to put the album out. And now I have to, like, make new goals for myself. But, like, I thought the radio was so far-fetched. And it's not because, like, in Kansas City, like, luckily the local music scene has a lot of support from all the people and stuff. And, 
like all the radio stations and everything. So that's really nice and really kind. And it's really good that we have that because I bet in Nashville, like if I went to Nashville, it would probably take me a lot longer to it's, get anywhere. It's there. such a different scene though. Oh, it's you know what I mean? Like it's crazy. country, like it's, I don't even know if you can compare it. Like it's, mm-hmm. I love Nashville. I like the country music scene, but mm-hmm. like there's something comforting about coming home or seeing your Instagram story and like seeing you on the radio on 96.5. Like yeah. there was something about that that made me like, I was like, dang. That's, that's like the station that I listened to like when I first exactly. moved here. Exactly. Like, yeah, it's... And it's, it's so crazy. I don't know. It, it's cool for you to like achieve a goal, but then get to that point. It's like, well, shit, I guess I got to do an album now. Yeah, like, right. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's all for me, like at the end of the day, too. Like, yeah. that's another thing. It's, it's, it's kind of, it's definitely very selfish. And I'm sure I sound super selfish this whole time. No. Because it's like, that was just so crazy. And now, like, for me, I have to put the album out. And for me, I have to play the gigs and I have to do the music festivals and all this stuff and the music videos and everything because now, like, I have something to prove to myself. Yeah. If that kind of means anything. It does. It's not, it's not selfish, though. Yeah. Like, okay. I, don't, I don't know if you know, <laughs> do you know C.S. Lewis at all? Yes. So C.S. Lewis has a book called Screwtape Letters. Okay. I couldn't tell you what chapter this is in, but he has this metaphor of, like, there's not, like, I think... Sometimes we don't take and like give ourselves enough credit, and so this this thing is like, well, this idea that like, oh, well, I made this like great. I don't know if it's like a chapel or a cathedral or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, there's there's nothing wrong with taking delight in this amazing Ooh. masterpiece you made. Yeah. But right. if if someone else created the same masterpiece, would you be just as stoked for them? Ooh. And that's the thing that gets me. Yeah. There's nothing wrong for you to sit here and be like, man, like. I did a love, cool thing. Yeah, yeah, that's celebrate that. You're right. Because I you're think, right. <laughs> but you're the kind of person to also celebrate people who are doing other great things. Oh my god, I'm so proud of you. Like whatever you like, no, but for real, as somebody, because like another huge part of why I moved to Kansas City is because I wanted to get enough knowledge so I could go on tour one day and all that stuff. And I don't really know if that's my dream anymore, but like the fact that you are doing something that you wanted to do years ago and now you're doing it and you're like smiling in your bunk at the end of the day yeah. like all that stuff like that you should be proud of you doing that it's that same feeling i mean it's the same feeling of you hearing your song on the radio it's the same thing of like man like i achieved a goal yeah but now what but now what and that's that's what's exciting yeah about life i think <sighs> it's so crazy do you mind if we pause so i can go to the bathroom really yeah please okay. do i've been holding it for a while good. you can keep this in too <laughs> sorry about that she's pause. back it's all right i understand that sometimes you want to have like a drink or two when you record because it kind of eases everything and then halfway through you're like i have to I'm pee so, so bad. bad i also had like a couple beers before you got here it's all good because professional and uh we're back so though. that was all of them but yes we're back i'm trying to think we're gonna have you play a couple songs here in a minute but um I don't know. I don't know if you know this, but what, like, what is your ultimate goal, or like, maybe maybe what's the next goal? Because maybe music? the ultimate goal, yeah, is like a little too I far think off. What I really want to do is, and it, I, I kind of seems more like an ultimate goal because I don't think it's attainable, but I also think it's attainable at the same time. Like, I would love to go on a mini tour or like. like a weekend or a two week or a three week tour like I have a lot of friends that have been doing it and like 
it just looks like so much fun. I want to be able to just like pack up my car and just like go to five or six different cities in, yeah. you know, a week or two. You could for sure do and that. I know, but it, it seems so far-fetched to me. Like, uh, I want to do it so bad. And then ultimately, like, I'd like to be able to like quit my job and do music full-time but also still work at Harvest. Like I like like I said earlier, like I don't ever see myself not being a part of that family because I love I honestly true somebody who works at Harvest the other day was just saying like you're Harvest's biggest cheerleader that I do. I love it so much. Like It's so funny. Most people in the production industry, I think, like if we won the lottery and had all the money in the world, I think a lot of us would still work in production. I think so, too. I think that we would go crazy without it. And I really, honestly, truly believe that. I, like, my three-month stint without working any shows, that being said, like, the so Harvest does the huge plaza lighting ceremony here uh, every Thanksgiving in Kansas City. And I had a choice not to do that this year and to be able to go home for the first time in, like, three years for Thanksgiving, and I still chose to work that show. You, you worked everything. it. Yeah. And uh, I don't, like, I just, I think that people go crazy without it. But th- that was because for that three months I was not doing any production and I needed some production in my body. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, no, I think that even people that, like, would retire would still come back and help out or do things. I've seen so many, like, I when I was a stagehand and, and uh, Warp Tour was still a thing, I worked Warped Tour two years in a row, and there were, like, these really, really old men that were still touring. Yeah. And I, I would love to do this the rest of my life, but I think, like, at some point, my body will not be able to. I'm not a strong person at all. Like, I, I don't think that my body could withstand production my whole life. But I would like it to. <laughs> I would like to be like those old guys at Warped Tour. I mean, honestly, going to touring... It's I'm, my body's never hurt less really? than the tour I'm on now. I bet. I mean, we were doing like arenas, and that was rough because we didn't have enough hands. But like, you're really more of just a manager. I mean, of gear, That's, honestly. Like, uh, yeah. I mean, because uh, there are days, yeah, you work 80, 100 hour weeks, and then you're like loading in gear and out. Like, your body's broken. Mm-hmm. It hurts. <laughs> it's I like sometimes when we're loading out. And we're, like, loading our fourth truck to go to the warehouse. I think, like, how cool would it be if these stagehands would come with us to dump the truck at the warehouse with us? It's such a, men- <laughs> it's such a mental grind, too. Yeah. Like, it's like you still have to <clears throat> go do that one last step before you can, like, go get that beer. Or you can go <laughs> yeah. home and, like... There's always that yeah. one last step, it seems, too. Like, yeah. It keeps, it keeps going. But, but, but we love it. Like, that's, that's exactly like, what you know? it is. Like, but I couldn't. I don't want to do anything else. Like, I honestly don't know what else I would do. I could go cut hair, I guess, but I would not like to do that. It's worth the headache. I mean, that's kind of mm-hmm. where I got. Like, cause I was pretty yeah. burnt out on production last year. I was just like, man, I'm kind of over this. But it's like, like when you really sit down with yourself and think, like, what else would I do? It's like, nah. And it's not like you're trapped, though, either. Like, it's not like, what else would I do? I have nothing else that I would be able to do. And that's not what it is, either. It's like, what else would I love to do the amount that I love to do this? Yeah. You know? Like, I don't know. No. I totally get it. 
my uh, neighbor upstairs having is having a good time right now. <laughs> <laughs> so she she lives in an older apartment over here. It's actually it's nice. It's got good vibes. I I like it enough. I wish that I had more space, but for the amount that I pay, I wish I had more space. But yeah, they let me hang my cow paintings on the wall and can't go wrong there. Yeah, so it's cute enough. Well, do you want to play a couple songs? Yeah, I can do that. All right, let's do it. Um. Yeah, this first song is like my newest song that I just wrote. Um, I also like my 2019 goal is to be able to play guitar better, so welcome to being a part of that. Um, What's the name of this song? I think it's going to be called <laughs> Crossroads. Very Taylor, or not Taylor Swift, very Britney Spears and Justin Timberlake. Crossroads. No, like they had that. Was it? No. Yeah, it was Britney Spears that had the Crossroads movie. It doesn't matter, but um, this song I wrote like two weeks ago, actually. Okay. And I played it for the first time on Friday in front of people, and it's on my Facebook page, but I wrote this song about how I always end up back in the same situation and how, I don't know. I don't know if I'm choosing to stay or not. Or if I want to not be in this situation, but anyways, here it goes. I'm going to try not to fuck it up. <laughs> have a drink, have a drink with me, just one more beer. And you can say what you think of me in the last year. We can laugh at the movies that we've already seen And you can say what you want And I'll know what you mean Let's go down to the bar with all of our friends And throw surprise parties Wish they'll never end Stumble back to your place At 3 a.m. But don't you look me in the eye Cause I'm just a friend And here I'm sitting at a crossroad I don't know which way to go Do I cut the cancer out or stick around? Oh, I'm lost and you're not gonna come around and Ask me if I need one and I'll always say yes Lay my head on your shoulder and your hair will be a mess I thought I knew what you were thinking when we laid down to rest But I guess that I was wrong Are you filled with regret? And I'm still sitting at this crossroad Someone tell me which way to go 
turn around and be back on the ground I'm lost and you're not gonna come around into what we always do I do it all again even if I knew maybe that is what just friends do and I've been living at this cross ah oh, fucking sorry <laughs> And I've been living at this crossroad The truth is I don't wanna let go Maybe I will never be found you want i can do it over i like it no. that is honestly the most authentic way I me like, yelling fuck in the middle of a song is very authentic. i think that has to stay right <laughs> i think so too i think it does that was dope that song is like still like really fresh and kind of hard to play and say sometimes but but that's what i, like I want like, yeah all right like i i liked it thank I you i like the little mess up in the middle i like it too because i think it's like the heart of this whole thing isn't like I don't know. Well, I think... Like, it's not polished. Honestly, the reason why I messed up is because I was thinking so much about what I was saying. And, like, that last, like, that last chorus is really hard to say. Is like, I've been living at this crossroad, and the truth is I don't want to go. And I, that's, like, me telling a truth to myself. It's like, you're doing this to yourself at this point. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, every time that I sing that last chorus, like, I think, like, God damn it, Courtney, you're right listen to yourself like it's like that conviction but you don't yeah you don't want to give it up yeah we all have that. well it's like it's i think that people and love and uh the idea of love and all this stuff like i think that it's kind of like a drug almost or something even better than that because it's i've like I said, like I do it, I do it to myself. The reason my heart has been broken so many times is because I just believe in people that don't need me to believe in them type of thing and like all that stuff. So I don't know. I think like since I've wrote the, like written this song and in the past like week or even just like a couple of days or just like an experience I had last night really has made me feel like okay, it's time to, like, be better for yourself, Courtney, and hmm. stop, like, yeah. falling into this endless cycle of bullshit that you don't deserve. Which could really easily lead into the next song, All right. if you would like. We're, we're doing, yeah, we're doing another song. What's this one titled? Uh, this one's Bottom Shelf. So this oh, is this the is one. Bottom Shelf. Yeah. All right. I don't know if I you've was, heard this. or I honestly have not. <laughs> That's fine. I'm very excited, though. Um, 
yeah, bottom shelf is, as I said earlier, and people always laugh about it, but it's about me being a shit person to myself and being treated like a shit person, which I'm not a shit person. I'm actually really cool. <laughs> so I agree. <laughs> um, yeah, this is bottom shelf. Let me know if you like it.
me time. Bottom shelf. I like it a lot. Really? Yeah. <laughs> the I do. the what's um the single like the recording of it is like a full band. Cameron Porter played on it. Really? Yeah, he played piano on it. That's it's like dope. it's like way bigger than anything I, I can play by myself. But yeah, yeah. but I, I I don't know. I think it works <laughs> really well with just you and a ukulele. Thank you. Especially with this cold that I like some of those notes I was like, oof, we almost have enough of a cold not to hit those, but I'm glad they worked oh, out. Perfect. That was great. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for playing. Yeah, no problem. I'm glad you enjoyed it. First time I've heard you live. Here we, Here we are. <laughs> the old one on one apartment sessions. That's <laughs> no, perfect. I love that. I'm glad you like it. Shh, my mic. I'm going to be honest with you. My mic was muted. Your mic is muted. It's not muted anymore, but that little interaction we was, just had. Well, you got my side of it, and it was me being very I have her side of nice it. things. So you'll hear her <laughs> side of it, maybe, depending on how we edit this. He said very um, nice things about the song. I really like the song. First time, I heard, <laughs> first time I've heard her play live. And it, That was dope. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. I like I still never know what to say. To no, people. it's like it's weird. This is a weird moment for me. Like it's really exciting, but it's like, oh man, like this podcast whatever is like turning into what I wanted it to be. Oh, it's like really? really weird. Yeah. It's like that a weird That makes me feel really good no, to be like a part of that. No, it's like a weird moment to like you have I mean we we've been talking about this all day, but like you have a a dream or a goal and then it's like, oh gosh, like I have someone here like telling their story and playing playing this music and it's like, oh my gosh, like it's working. Like like right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, that's no, crazy. that's literally like how I feel. So this is the fourth podcast that I've been interviewed for. Really? And like every time that I get interviewed for a podcast, like it's kind of like a really surreal thing for me. Like I don't understand why people are interested in me enough to want to like sit across the table and drink and listen to my songs or listen to like yeah. my sappy stories of what my songs are about or whatever. But I think like this might be my favorite one because it's also with you and like yeah. somebody that like I've supported and loved from the beginning. And like, I love that you're doing this and it's, it's all really super cool. Well, it's, for me too. No, it's the same thing. Yeah, it's the same thing. It's the same thing I'm feeling. It's the same feeling of like, this isn't is that crazy. so nice to have people in your life that you can like yeah. mutually like have this type of like it's respect hard. and care for like, it's hard to be excited for other people in our culture. Mm -hmm. And that sounds like really well, bad. It's so cutthroat though. Like it it's is. so like I I've realized that a lot in the music industry is like figuring out the genuine people and stuff, you know? Yeah. And uh that's kind of actually something that I, I kinda of took a break from music the past like three months because like I don't know, and maybe this might be the death of my music career, but like it's real. Like I don't always know like who to trust or who like actually likes it or who is, you know, yeah. because like it really is like a super cutthroat thing. And it's, I don't know, like everybody that I tell I support, I really do mean it. Right. You know what I mean? No, but that, that's why this is a special moment. Yeah. It's Cause I, I, one, I feel that. And two, like you just give that vibe off. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's so keep doing that. I just like wish that everybody could just like, be successful. <laughs> that I like yeah, right. But it, I think that it's really cool. Like I said earlier, like I am proud of you and proud to know you and everything that you like, not just are doing with like the podcast, but also like in your life. And like, when you like told me that you were moving to Nashville, like selfishly, that was like when I felt like you and I were becoming like actual friends. I know. Right. And then, however, I've forced myself into your life since you've moved. So it doesn't really matter. Whatever. <laughs> but 
like the fact that like you're doing the the things and the stuff that like make you smile yeah. in a little coffin bunk at the end of the day like that's <laughs> like that's honestly what living the dream is like for me you know yeah. like even though you said in your podcast today that like that's something that you don't like you don't really use that genuinely a lot right but for me like my entire life has been kind of moving all the time and being in a situation with like my dad and all this stuff that we went through like being in a military family like my whole outlook on life is kind of extra large if that means Hmm. if that comes across so like I always kind of like thought that I would do something more with my life than just like work at a coffee shop or, you know, go cut hair or something like that. And when I go to work every day, that's what I do in production. And then I see like my friends that do that too. And now I'm doing that with music and you're doing that with touring and you're doing that with your podcast. So yeah, I just think that everything's just working out. That's exciting. (laughs) Everything's working out. And you're growing your mustache. I'm it looks amazing. <laughs> no, thank. I mean, thank you so much for doing this. Like, yeah, no, it's been great. It. I loved. It. I hope we didn't go like crazy no, over time. I didn't know what perfect. your time limit was or not, but I'm not worried about a time limit. I'm gonna open this beer, but yeah, it's, it's about getting to know people. I feel like we got to know you pretty well. I hope so. A little bit. I mean, as much as you can do in like a little over an hour. Yeah, it's me. Hit me up if you want to talk more. <laughs> I was about to say, plug, plug the socials, plug the music. What do you want to do? Um, you can follow me on Spotify. Just find Courtney Ann Hall. And it's like a picture of me in a pink sweater. Um, and then my Instagram, I think is... Let me look at it really fast. Say, I don't know. It's uh, Courtney Ann Music. And it's a picture of me with a can of PBR showing off my Papsal Ruben tattoo. So... Uh, most of my Instagram stories are me drunk just talking about life. But every now and then I slip some music in there. So... Your, <laughs> your singles on Spotify. My singles on Spotify. Soon there will be. Um, I have like a plan as far as like I want Heart Bomb to be my next single and then another single and yeah, then yeah. a full album. So you a, lot a lot of things of, are in the works. You got a, I was about to say, you got a lot of stuff in the works. In the work, yeah. So you all need to go check it out. This was dope. I'm so happy. I am too. Good. It was fun to hear you play. Thank that was cool. you. Yeah, I'm actually really glad that I got to play for you. Yeah. Because, like, I'm excited to, like, share that. I don't really? know. Yeah, that for real. That means a lot. That really means a lot. No. This has been a lot of fun. We're homies. Me and Courtney are homies. Homies for life. Homies, Harvest homies. Harvest homies for life. <laughs> if you don't know, you don't know. And you don't know. Exactly. <laughs> Unless you know. Unless but, you yeah. know. That's, that's the whole trap. There's, like, a handful of people that might know, but you may not know. But cool. Yeah, this is fun. Thank you all very much. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for listening. And keep listening because Austin's the best ever. Whatever. Y'all better go check out Courtney's music. That's all I'm saying. But, and y'all better keep listening to, to Mellow Mondays. I'll, I'll link your stuff in the description below. So okay, dope. You guys can check it out there. Thank you again, Courtney. Thank you again, Austin. This has been <laughs> a, another episode of Mellow Mondays. Hooray.